Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At home, we got a little old radio on the porch. Whenever it won't work, Pa just spits in the back of it and walks it a good and it works every time. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Hey, y'all, hey, she's a working. She's a working. Hey. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Tuesday episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, number 1,507. It's a January 30th. If you're listening to the day this show is uploaded, right next to me is a person excited. It's getting really close to her birthday. Kimmy, I got one night. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 <laughs> Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, did I tell you exactly what's going to happen to you? You're going to be back in television. Only it won't be quite the same as it was before. Uh, that is so true, and you can find out just how different it has been and is by going to our Facebook page right now. You can see what we're talking about also on our website at RileyAndKimmy.com. Right next to me is somebody who, well, is... My right hand, my companion through space and time, and she's also... Uh, she's always doing something new. Probably on this episode she'll be doing something new. At least I hope so. But it'll definitely be strange. That's because it is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Mm, hello. Well, hello. Uh, how are things going? Okay. Uh, it's it's one of your favorite days, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You're getting that much closer to the weekend, right? That, mm-hmm. Is that the way you look at it? Uh-huh. I notice you're very happy before, you know, when it's time to pull the calendar because we have one of these retro calendars. And Kimmy just loves pulling the days of the week off when it's during Monday through Thursday. You just, mm-hmm. and then you tear up each page. Mm-hmm. And it, like you make it go away like forever. Yeah. You, like you forgot about the previous day, mm-hmm. right? Or burn it. Oh, she keep matches away from Kimmy. Well, she's semi happy that it is Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. I'm just beginning to see. Now I'm on my way. Yeah, it's Tuesday, and you can listen to the Riley and Kimmy Show Tuesday afternoon, midday, mornings, uh, late night, anytime. Matter of fact, you can listen to us anytime, anywhere on planet Earth, and every single day. We have a brand new episode. You heard right, a brand new show that revolves around the world of pop culture. And it's very easy to take us along. You can take us along to work or maybe during that commute. Very easy with iHeartRadio. We are there. Also iTunes and SoundCloud, just to name a few. And if you want the archived episodes all the way back to number one, they're available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, celebrity interviews we have done, videos, and so much more. And one I can't forget, our social media links. Please help the show grow. Stay stay in touch with us. Find out where we will be out and about at next. And just uh, check out videos and photos as we post them. Easiest way is with you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of those and more. Those links are available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. 
Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. That is the big question on this Tuesday. Does Kimmy want to play pop culture trivia? Do you want to go back in time and test those brain cells, Kimmy? What say you? Well, yeah. Okay, one of the things I want to point out, that timeline has been adjusted. That means it's not running in chronological or linear order. Now, Kimmy believes in time travel answers, so shout out, yes, yell answers, or speak softly if you're in one of those kind of environments. Do this to whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile and we are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Very first question we have for you, Kimmy, is in the category of toys slash games. How's that? All right. It was on this date. A patent was applied for an invention. Two-part question. We want the year within five years that patent was applied for. And tell us what the name the item became. It was patented under Magic Cube. What would it become? Rubik's Cube? There's never been a puzzle quite like Rubik's Cube, and America may never be the same. A medical journal has written about a unique phenomenon, Rubik's Thumb. A museum recognized it as a work of art. Rubik's Cube has been involved in divorce proceedings. People are practicing at clinics, entering contests, and competing across the country. Rubik's Cube from Ideal. 25 million Americans have made it a part of their lives. How about Sure, Sir Isaac Newton unraveled the mysteries of gravity. But could he have unraveled the mysteries of Rubik's Cube? Three weeks ago, Judge Smith retired to her chambers with Exhibit A, Rubik's Cube. She hasn't been seen since. Warning, once you get your hands on Rubik's Cube, you may never be able to put it down. Rubik's Cube, over three billion combinations, but just one solution from Ideal. It's from Ideal. That's what it would eventually be marketed under. It was patented on this date. What year did it become patented, Kimmy? Within um, five. 1980? Within five. You get it barely. It was 1975. The patent was applied for the Magic Cube, and it eventually become Rubik's Cube. Did you own a Rubik's Cube? Mm-hmm. Could you solve the Rubik's Cube without cheating? Mm -mm. You didn't take the Rubik's Cube apart and put it back together. Mm -mm. Do you have a Rubik's Cube now? Mm -mm. Would you like one? Your birthday is just around the corner. Mm -mm. Would that be a nice gift, Kimmy? No. I'm I'm putting it down here on the list. Gift for Kimmy, Rubik's Cube. You know. Her mouth says no, but her eyes say yes. No. Yeah, you want a Rubik's Cube. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and did you ever come close to solving it? No. All right, moving along, Kimmy. The year is 1873. Around the World in 80 Days is published. Who is the author? He is considered the father of science fiction. He and H.G. Wells are considered the fathers of sci-fi. Who is it? I don't know. Hmm. Obviously never read that one. 
that is Jules Verne. Have you heard of Jules Verne, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Is Jules Verne a he or a she? A he. (laughs) Okay. I thought we'd throw that one out just for the fun of it, see how today is. It was on this date, Kimmy, the first two-way moving sidewalk, you know, like they have out at the theme parks here in Orlando. Mm -hmm. The first time this was put into service happened on this date in Dallas, Texas. The length of that walkway was 1,435 feet. What year, within five years, did the first moving sidewalk go into service? 1970. It was 1958 that that happened. Mm. The year is 1933. This crime fighter was heard on radio for the first time. The program ran for 2,956 episodes and ended in 1955, but by then it had become a big TV show. Identify the character. Listen carefully. Brief clue. A fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver. Hayo Silver! What is the name of that show, the character? The Lone Ranger. That's correct. The year is 1977, the eighth and final part of a mini-series. A TV mini-series is shown. An estimated 100 million people watch this final episode of what, Kimmy? Kunta. Kunta Kinte. Roots. You're correct. Moving along in the timeline. The year is 1956. This song is recorded. Tell me the name of the song. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, 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 but don't you. Can you tell me the name of that song? Blue Suede Shoes. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Yeah! Blue, blue, blue suede shoes, baby. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything with the hope for my blue suede shoes. And who had that as a hit, Kimmy? Elvis. Correct. Originally written by Carl Perkins. Both of them had number one hits, and they were almost at the exact same time. But Elvis's is the one that is truly remembered and became the monster hit. The year is 1961. This single is released. It would become the Billboard Song of the Year for 1961. Tell me who the recording artist is. I each time I see you again, I fall to pieces. How can I be just your friend? 1961, I Fall to Pieces is released by whom? Patsy Klein. That's right. One of my favorite oldies of all time. The year is 1965. This song hits number three, Kimmy. Tell me the name of the song. Let's do Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, go Marsha. Banana, banana, go Marsha. Feet by Moasha. Marsha. A little trick with Nick. Nick, Nick, go pick. Banana, banana, go pick. Feet by Mick. Tell me the name of that hit, Kimmy. I don't know. You can't tell me the name of that song. No. The name, name. 
as the name game hits number three on this date, 1965. I suppose it's foolish of me to ask, but can you tell me who had the name game as a hit in 1965, Kimmy? I cannot. No guess there. Mm -mm. Shirley Ellis had that number three hit, 1965. The year is 1968. This song is recorded. Tell me who the recording artist is. She was always young at heart. Kinda dumb and kinda smart, and I loved her so. And I surprised her with a puppy, kept me up all Christmas Eve two years ago. And it would sure embarrass her when I came in from working late, cause I would know. That she'd been sitting there and crying Over some sad and silly late, late show And honey, I miss you The song is Honey would become, well, a signature song for this person. Who is the recording artist? I don't know. Oh, I thought you would have tons of vinyl of this individual, maybe even an old poster. It's Bobby Goldsboro. 1968. He had like he was on TV and stuff quite a bit for a period of time, but that is actually before Kimmy's time. The year is 1969. This group performs their last live gig. Kimmy, 1969. It's a 49-minute concert on the roof of a building in London. It is shut down by the London Police Department because of crowds coming around and jamming the streets. That performance would become part of a movie for this group. Tell me the name of the group. The Beatles. Correct. Recorded on the roof of Apple headquarters. Can you tell me the movie that uh, the song Get Back from that was used for? Let It Be. That's correct. I take it you've seen that. Mm -hmm. The year is 1978. Mutual Broadcasting Network begins airing this talk show on radio. Keep in mind, radio. Tell me the name of the talk host who went national 1978 on Mutual Broadcasting. And then we'll ask you the year this happened. Here's your clue. Tomorrow night, a tribute to Frank Sinatra. Who, he would have been 84 years old this Sunday. We'll replay an interview tomorrow. And among the guests next week will be Ted Turner and Peter Jennings and Jim Carrey and President Gerald Ford and President Bill Clinton. That's all next week. That's when he went to television there. He's on TV by then. But he began... It didn't begin. He got national exposure on radio. Tell me who it is. Larry King. That's correct. What decade did the mutual broadcasting system put him on national radio? Was it 1950s, the 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? 1960s? He was working in Miami radio back in the 1960s. It was 1978, the 70s, when he went national. I called into his show as a kid a couple of times. Oh. Got on the air. Yeah. Had to wait forever. I mean, forever. And back then, it was not a toll-free number. Ooh. It was like three and a half, four hours I had to wait on hold. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have tapes of those somewhere, those times I was on. Long time ago. Fortunately, I was working as a very young person and could afford that very expensive phone bill. It, it We're talking 200 plus bucks. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that went over real well. Okay, the year, Kimmy, 
1994. This person sang the United States National Anthem at the Super Bowl. That's 1994. Tell me who it is. This person passed away 2015 at the age of 65, daughter of a very famous singer of the 50s and 60s. Natalie Cole. That's correct. Natalie Cole, 1994, sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl. The year is 1995. Kevin Eubanks officially becomes the band leader of what show? What late night TV show? Um, 1995. The Tonight Show? Yeah, she answers that with a question mark, but she is correct. The year is 2007. This single is released. It would peak at number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 and become number one on the adult R&B charts of Billboard. Tell me who the recording artist is, Kimmy. Lost without you, can't help myself. How does it feel to know Lost Without You, recorded by whom, released by whom on this date? I don't know. That's Robin Thicke, released 2007. <music> Celebrity and notable birthdays, this person born 1882, Kimmy. In 1905, he married his fifth cousin and would be elected to President of the United States a record four times who is it? Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Can you tell me who was born on this date, 1882? FDR. That's correct. Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed away in 1945 at the age of 63. Next person, born 1922, best known for well, a role on this TV series. Tell me the name of the TV show. Perry Mason. That's right. She is best known as the personal secretary to Perry Mason in more than 270 episodes from 1957 to 1966. She did a lot of television commercials back in the 70s. She was a spokesperson for Amana, that's for stoves and refrigerators. Tell me who it is after this rewind. These Amana radar range microwave ovens have cookmatic power shift that you select any cooking speed you want. 
Paul Spade cooks almost everything in one-fourth usual time. Medium or low is perfect for tender cooking or creating gourmet favorites. Slide Cookmatic to simmer for full-bodied stews and casseroles. Amana radar range microwave ovens with Cookmatic Power Shift puts you in full control of everything you cook. Can you tell me who that is born on this date, 1922? Barbara Hale. That's correct. Died last year at the age of 94. And she went back to playing uh, Della Street on Perry Mason in 30 movies for TV. And she's from your hometown area. Mm-hmm. Originally born in DeKalb, which is really close, and raised and graduated from high school in Rockford, Illinois. I had the pleasure of meeting her a number of years ago at a talk station I was part of. Very nice person. She had no problem talking about doing films in the 40s and 50s and working with Raymond Burr and Perry Mason. Some people don't like to talk about some of the past things, you know, and and she did. She was very comfortable with that. Very, very nice. Next individual, Kimmy, actor born on this date. Identify who he is. Tell me how old he is once you do. Been in tons of films. Here's your clue. He won the Best Actor Oscar in 1993. Here he is accepting the gold statue. Tell me who it is. Thank you very much. Um, quick thanks to uh, D- David Valdez, uh, our producer. Uh, David Peoples, our, our writer. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all the wonderful actors. Richard Harris, Morgan... Freeman, Francis Fisher, and especially to Clint, who uh, kind of made it all possible for me and uh, for everyone else in the film. It was a wonderful experience. I'd like to dedicate my part of this evening to uh, my uncle, Oren, who was a wonderful guy. Thank you very much. He was extremely nervous. Can you tell me who it is? Mm. He won I, that for, I, I he, know. He won for The Unforgiven. He played the character Little Bill. That movie he won. That's what he won the Oscar for from the movie 1992. He won the Oscar in 1993. He played in the French Connection 1 and 2. And he was Lex Luthor mm-hmm. in the Superman series starting in 1978. Who yeah, is it? I, I know who it is. I'm just trying to think of his name. And he, he, he's a hard name for me to remember for and some Remember he played in The Firm? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see. It's not Jack Lemmon. No. It's not James Caan. No. It's, uh, give me his initials. G-H. G-H. Mm. Not General Hospital, Kimmy. <laughs> his name is what? Um. I didn't think this would throw you. Wow. I thought his voice was so... Well, I, I know who it is. I just can't think of the, the name isn't coming to me. I can picture him. I know who it is. Played in Hoosiers. Remember that movie? No. You know he was in the movie Hoosiers, though. Okay. All right. I'm trying to throw movies out that you might... I know what was it? Well, let's see. I think The Conversation. I think that was one of them, too, way back. I can picture him in my head. Yeah. I just can't pull up his name. Listen, somebody's getting a little irritated here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Uh, you know, all, all right, Kimmy, I guess we're going to have to put this as a miss. It is Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. How old is Gene Hackman today? Within five years. 87. You. Very good. He is 88 today. Tell me why this person's on the famous list. Vanessa Redgrave. 
She's an actress. Correct. Of stage, screen, and television. How old is she within five years? 79. She's 81. Next person, Kimmy, celebrating his 77th birthday. He was the 46th vice president of the United States. That's from 2001 to 2009. Who is it? He was the vice president under George Bush. Who is it? Jimmy. I can't recall. I will never use her as a landline or a safety net line or whatever on Millionaire. Oh, boy. Uh, it was Dick Cheney, Kimmy. Oh, yeah. Next person. Singer, drummer, actor. Tell me who's celebrating a birthday and how old he is within five years. Who is that? Phil Collins. Yes, how old is he today within five years? Um, 68. He's 67. Next person celebrating a birthday. Tell me who it is. Here's a sample of her number two hit from 1987. that jody watley yes how old is she today within five years uh 50 she's 59 next person actor kimmy tell me who it is once you do well tell me how old he is within five years here is your clue one of his best scenes ever <laughs> on screen i love this matter of fact kimmy you have adopted his this dialogue to deal with People who come visit us here at the Batcave. To all of you, uh, all you phonies, all you <laughs> two-faced friends, you sycophantic suck-ups who smile through your teeth at me, please leave me in peace. Please go. Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. The party's over. Get out. And you said that many times. Now, who did you borrow that from? Who's having a birthday, Kimmy? Christian Bale. Yes, how old is Christian Bale today within five years? 48. Christian Bale celebrating his 44th birthday. I see dead people. Celebrity and notable deaths on this date. We're going to 1836, Kimmy. This American seamstress, widely credited with making the first American flag, dies at the age of 84. Who is it? Betsy Ross. That's correct. Next person. Passes away 1948. Aviation pioneer with his brother Wilbur. They flew the world's first successful airplane. Tell me who dies at the age of 76 on this date. Wilbur was his brother. Orville? Yes, and there's a answer we're looking for known as a last name. Right. Kimmy got it right, not wrong. Orville Wright passed away on this date, 1948. The year is 2006. The first lady of the civil rights movement passes away, Coretta Scott King. She dies at the age of 78. She was an author, activist, civil rights leader, and the wife of Martin Luther King Jr., 
Next individual, Kimmy, tell me why he is on the famous list. Sidney Sheldon dies of pneumonia at the age of 89. Why is he on the famous list? He was an author. Uh, we will accept that, actually. He's also a writer of stage, film, and TV. He wrote the scripts for the film The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer from 1947, which earned him an Academy Award. He worked in TV for a 20-year period, which he created some shows. Here's one of them. Identify the show. And can you tell me the name of the show he created? The Patty Duke Show? Yeah. From 1963 to 1966, he created this one, too, which ran from 65 to 70. Identify it. Dream of Genie. Correct. And here's another of his creations from 1979 to 1984. This is my boss, a self-made millionaire. He's quite a guy. This is Mrs. H. She's gorgeous. What a terrific lady. By the way, my name is Max. I take care of them, which ain't easy, because their hobby is murder. Can you tell me the name of that show? Heart to Heart? That's right. He created those and others, too. But he became more famous, most famous, after he turned 50 years old, Kimmy. He began writing best-selling romantic suspense novels, such as Master of the Game from 1982, The Other Side of Midnight, 1973, and Rage of Angels, 1980. He is the seventh best-selling fiction writer of all time. That's Sidney Sheldon, who passed away on this date, and his last name became the inspiration for Sheldon on... Big Bang Theory? And his... Other part of his name is Leonard's name. Oh. That's why they, those characters have those names. Okay. See what you learned with the Riley and Kimmy show? Hmm. I think you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday, Kimmy. Thank you. And we're going to go back in time in just a moment and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. just a little bit ago that actress Barbara Hale was born on this date in 1922. Yes, she starred on Perry Mason, but she did a lot of work during the golden age of radio, and we have a couple of examples here that are fantastic. First one's called Masquerade. It originally aired in 1951. A young woman from Iowa is trying to, well, break into pictures, but it's not working out. She pretends to be a well-known actress while her boyfriend back home well, decides to come and pay her a visit in Hollywood. That's when all the problems happen. That's called Masquerade from 1951, followed by Barbara Hale in Safe at Home from 1953. Totally different type of old-time radio show. Both of these are back-to-back, uninterrupted, and safe for all ears to hear. Kicking off the Barbara Hale tribute, here's Masquerade from 1951 on The Riley and Kimmy Show. seen this girl a thousand times in Hollywood. 
Maybe she was a car hop at a drive-in restaurant. Maybe she was selling perfume in a department store. Or maybe, as in the case of Janie Saunders, she was a manicurist in one of those fashionable tonsorial establishments which cater only to a platinum-plated clientele. Wherever she works, whatever her background, this girl is always smiling. A pathetically eager sort of smile. No matter how tired she is, no matter how short-tempered she may feel, she somehow manages to achieve an aura of spring freshness. Because, after all, a girl never knows when the big moment may come, when the right producer, in just the proper frame of mind, may happen in. So the smile mustn't fade, the radiance mustn't dim until she gets home. There, reality takes over. In the privacy of the Cracker Box apartment she shares with a friend, Janie can forget to smile. Let a little of her tiredness, her inner desperation, show through. When the door closes, it shuts out the potential Hollywood starlet, and we see a tired girl from Strawberry Point, Iowa. Home from another day of being nice to everyone. Home from another day when nothing happened. She checks the phone pad. No calls. There's a letter postmarked Strawberry Point, Iowa. She picks it up with no eagerness. It's an expected thing. And what Janie wants is the unexpected. Hi, honey. Anything new? Hi, Marion. No, nothing new. Just the same old hangnails, the same corny jokes. I got a call from Central Casting for tomorrow morning. A call? Any lines? No. Dress extra. That means I've got to get my blue formal out of the cleaners. Can you lend me a couple of dollars till I get paid? Sure, Marion. What's the picture? For a chance to dream. Very sophisticated comedy. Now, I've got to be sophisticated before breakfast. What a business. You'll be working with Dean Phillips. He won't be aware of it, honey. Well, at least you're in a picture, in front of a camera. Look at me. Eighteen months I've been out here, Marion. I've never even been on a movie set. I see you have your usual communique from Strawberry Point. Yes. Poor George. He's so dependable. There are those of us who would say that George's dependability was his most endearing trait, aside from his capacity to make money. If I didn't know there was something else. Oh, but Marion George doesn't know I'm not doing well out here. I know. I've seen some of those letters you've written him. He's supposed to think you're set to be Miss Hollywood of 1955, the most promising starlet since DeMille found Swanson. He was so sure I couldn't do it. And so far, George has been so right. Right. George has made a career out of being right. You know, he was born saying, I told you so. That being the case, why lead him on? Why encourage this steady stream of soggy letters? Oh, I don't know. Everyone in Strawberry Point always thought that someday George and I would... You know, I mean, we were childhood sweethearts, and you sort of get in the habit of thinking that... That habit didn't keep you from coming out here, in spite of dear George's expressed disapproval. Everyone but George was so sure I'd be a hit. Oh, listen, honey, if my relatives were producers, I'd be a bigger star than Grable. And then when I got out here... Oh, it was so different. The difference between things as they are and things as you wish they were. I know. We're terrible fools, aren't we, Marion? To you, I'll confess it. What can I do? I've got no George waiting for me in Strawberry Point or anywhere else. If it didn't mean admitting I'd been wrong. Oh, if this guy really loves you, Janie, he's not going to rub it in. 
He'll be so glad to have you back, he'll forget you ever came to Hollywood. He'd try. But it wouldn't be easy for George. Even though he might still love me in his way, oh, he'd still have to make his point. The big question, it seems to me, is, do you still love George? Or did you ever? I don't know. It's it's not the storybook kind of thing, but... Well, since I've been out here, I, I've sort of, sort of stopped believing in storybook worlds. Well, if you had a glimmer of hope, maybe it'd be different. But honestly, Janie, there's no reason to think the next 18 months are going to be any better than the last. Mm, they'll be worse. I can't go on working at Henri's forever. What's new in Strawberry Point? Mm, nothing new. Every letter from George is so much the same, I feel as if I know it by heart. Weather looks like an early spring. It's family, latest social notes. Oh, no. Marion, he's coming out here. George, the sage of Strawberry Point, coming to Hollywood. He's been planning a buying trip into Oregon and Washington. But he's coming here first. Marion, he's leaving Strawberry Point on the 5th and should be here early the morning of the 7th. Darling, this is the 5th. He can't. He mustn't. Oh, Marion, it isn't fair. Oh, look, Janie... It seems to me this is your answer. He's obviously coming here to beg you to come back. If you're smart, you'll say yes. But he'll see that I've lied to him. He mustn't ever know, Marion. Now, look, when he comes out here, you'll just have to tell him. Well, tell him you don't know where I've gone, but I've disappeared. Now, be sensible. I can't face him after all the lies. If you won't help me, I... Well, I will disappear. Now, put that silly notion out of your head. Now, all you want to do is prove to Mr. Holly that you've had some success here in the Magic City, right? Yes, but I can't go on pretending. Not when he sees... Wait a minute. Auntie Marion is thinking. And for that novel process, she demands absolute quiet. How long will George be in town, do you say? Uh, we'll be in town two or three days. Well, that makes it simpler. We won't have to keep up the masquerade very long. Masquerade? Marion, listen. For three days, why shouldn't you live the kind of life in Hollywood that you told George about in those letters? Oh, but how could I? I'm nobody. I've got no money, no clothes. Oh, a friend of mine who writes for all the big studios is out of town for a week. She's got a beautiful apartment in Brentwood. No, no, Marion. She wouldn't want I've it. got the key. As for clothes, I'm not a dress extra for nothing. We'll borrow some money and, and get a few of my nicer things out of the cleaners. Oh, it's wonderful of you to want to help, but really, I don't think we could... This is an investment... After George sees that you're a successful young actress, you can marry him without hurting your tender pride, can't you? I, I suppose so, but... Then I'll have a well-to-do connection in Strawberry Point, in case things ever really get rough out here. Wouldn't George be suspicious? What's oh, a cinch. It's what he's expecting. And after all, you're supposed to be an actress, aren't you? Yes. At least I thought I was. Then let's get busy. We haven't got much time. We want the stage set just right, honey, for the one and only role you'll ever play in Hollywood. There. Now, I don't think there's another thing in this apartment to connect it with Ethel instead of you. Oh, Marion, it's, it's the way I've always dreamed it would be. Oh, if only it didn't have to end when George goes. Mm, wouldn't that be nice? Could just go on. Listen, Cinderella. On. The coach is a pumpkin again as soon as George heads north for the tall timber. You know, there's just one thing we need to make this setup really convincing. Something else? I think it's perfect. We need a man. 
A man? A man who's mad for you. Who is so obviously mad for you that George won't risk leaving town until he's heard you promise to be the queen of Strawberry Point. But I don't know anyone like that. It can't be just anyone. The more important he is, the more George will worry. If there was a star... Now, Marion, wait a minute. Who are your regular customers at Henri's? Tomorrow, I mean. Regular customers? Tomorrow? Now, Marion, what are you... Just tell me who they are. Well, there's... There's, uh... uh, Wesley Jenkins. Too old and too fat. Who else? Uh... Keith Reynolds. Uh... The the, the writer, you know. He's nice looking. George wouldn't have heard of him. Besides, he's married. Marion, I I really don't... Who else? Well, let me see. There's... Well, Dean Phillips is always in on Tuesdays. That's it. He's our man. Our man? What man? The man who's crazy about you. The man who's going to put poor George Holly into a perfect frenzy of jealousy. But Dean Phillips is a big star, Marion. I'm only his manicurist. He wouldn't do a crazy thing Just like that. Just listen to Auntie Marion, and I've a hunch Mr. Phillips will be on our team. Tomorrow morning, when he comes... There he is. I can't do it. I can't. Marion just doesn't understand. Ready for me, Janie? Oh, golly. All ready, Mr. Phillips? When I think of the beautiful Christmas present I send Gaylord Howells, and then he writes a thing like this. Won't you sit down, Mr. Phillips? No, thanks. Janie, do you read Gaylord Howells' column? Oh, yes, Mr. Phillips. He knows so much about everyone. Well, he doesn't know anything about me. Did you see what he wrote this morning? Can I have your left hand, please? Thank you. Uh, No, I didn't see the paper this morning. Well, just listen to this. Furthermore, since Dean Phillips has been assigned the starring role in Perchance to Dream, he seems to have forgotten what it is to be a human being. I'm sorry, Mr. Phillips, but you'll have to hold your hand still. Yeah, I'm sorry. We have watched Mr. Phillips rise to stardom, and we would caution him that great stars never forget their responsibility to the little people who have granted them their stardom. Golly, doesn't he write well? Yes, he writes beautifully. What he writes doesn't happen to be the truth. I can't work if you're going to clench your fist, Mr. Phillips. I'm sorry. Janie, do you think it's the truth? What, Mr. Phillips? Well, that I'm a stuck-up temperamental snob who's got no time for ordinary people. Well, I... I don't know, Mr. Phillips. You've always been very nice to me. A man like Gaylord Howells is hard up for a column, so he does a thing like this. There ought to be a law... Do you feel a responsibility to, well, ordinary people like... like me? Of course I do. It hasn't been very long ago I was starving to death in this crazy town. Do you think I could forget that so soon? Some do. Well, I'm not one of them. If I came to you, Mr. Phillips, and asked you a favor, you'd hear me out? Sure, Janie. What's on your mind? A couple of preview tickets? Pass the lot? Not exactly. As a matter of fact, Mr. Phillips, I'm in a terrible spot, and, well, you're the only person in Hollywood who can help me out. What's the matter? Well, uh, Mr. Phillips, would you pretend you're in love with me? I'm glad you thought you could come to... Will I what? Well, I know it's a peculiar request, Mr. Phillips. Peculiar? It's paranoiac. You want me to pretend to be in love with you? Just for three days. Now, Janie, what's all this about? I lied, Mr. Phillips, to someone from my hometown. He, he, He thinks I'm a big success out here, and he's coming out to see me tomorrow. I can't bear for him to know the truth, so... Well, I thought if you'd help it me out... It seems to me, Janie, that it'd be much more honest to face the music. Just let him know you failed. You don't know George. 
Honestly, Mr. Phillips, as soon as George leaves town, I'll follow him back to Strawberry Point. I mean to marry him, to forget Hollywood. But I just can't bear the thought of his, his feeling sorry for me. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose there is something in that. But isn't there somebody else you could find to help you out? There's no one. It wouldn't be much trouble for you, I promise, Mr. Phillips. And it would make all the difference in the world for me. Well, I don't know, Janie. There's something about this whole scheme that doesn't seem quite right. Of course, as Mr. Howells says, you are busy these days. Howells? What? Oh, you mean that column. All right, Janie, I stuck my neck out. You win. When do we start? Oh, Mr. Phillips, you mean you'll do it? You'll actually do it? Why not? It'll be a lot of fun. When do we start the show? Well, George will be in town tomorrow morning. All right, then we better have a dress rehearsal tonight. Dress rehearsal? Sure. I never do a part, Janie, until I'm thoroughly familiar with it. Oh. But I don't mind admitting to you that I'm a, I'm a slow study. When I discovered I didn't know anything about acting, I was too proud to go home. So I went to work for Henri. <laughs> Imagine a would-be starlet admitting she can't act. You're really amazing, Janie. Now that I've made up my mind, at least I can be honest. And your mind is made up. It's back to Strawberry Point. If George will have me. Well, he's a fool if he doesn't jump at the chance. Matter of fact, he was a fool ever to let you get away. How do you like this place, Janie? It's nice. I've never heard of it before. Well, I used to hang out here when I was trying to get a break. In fact, Eddie has kept me from starving more than once. It's not very glamorous, but that's why I like it. You know, I think I'll write Gaylord Howells a letter and tell him how wrong he was about you. Oh, don't write to him. Write to me. Well, this place is perfect for the two of us, but for George, I imagine we'll have to hit the more exotic spots. He'll probably expect it. Funny. I've dreamed a thousand dreams about having dinner with a big star. I knew every detail by heart. And you know, this isn't the way I imagined it at all. I'm sorry to be a disappointment. Oh, no. This is much nicer than I ever dreamed it could be. Well, George's train will be in early tomorrow. I suppose I'd better take you home. I suppose. We want to be looking our best for dear old George. Our very best. look so pretty this early in the morning? Uh, I I didn't know I did. I suppose it's anticipation. The thought of seeing George? I guess that's it. What else could it be? Yeah, what else? Well, I hope I play my part well for you, Janie. Oh, there he is. Oh, not the one wearing galoshes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, he's probably heard about California weather. George! George! Well, he certainly does look substantial. Jane! Jane, here you are. Oh, what a place. Completely disorganized. Whole trip has been the same. I've written quite a long letter to the president of the road. George, this is Dean Phillips, George Holly. Welcome to our city, Mr. Holly. Uh, hello. You've seen Dean in pictures, George? No, no, no time for pictures. Too busy. Uh, see here, Jane. 
are you and, uh, that is, I mean... The dean was nice enough to bring me down to meet you, George. Janie and I are sorry you're only going to be in town a few days. We'd like to show you all our favorite haunts. Well, that's nice of you, Phillips, but mostly I came out here to get lumber. Run the biggest yard in Strawberry Point. I suppose Jane has told you all about that. Oh, often. Dear old Strawberry Point. Well, I'll take care of your luggage, Mr. Holly, and meet you at the car. I know you and Janie must have a lot to talk over. You look tired, George. Oh, see here, Jane, you never mentioned this fella. What's he... Well, I mean, what does he mean about your your haunts? Oh, well, when you're... They're interested in you out here, George. You've got to be seen in the right places with the right people. And Well, Dean Phillips is just about the brightest star in the whole colony these days. And he's obviously infatuated with you. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Now, I may be a small-town Midwesterner, Jane, but I know a thing or two about life. The way he looks at you... He is terribly nice. Well, I can see this buying trip didn't come a minute too soon, not a minute. Now, Jane, you know why I've come more than a thousand miles out of my way. Once and for all, I want to know... Come on, George. You'll feel better if you had a chance to clean up, and Dean and I have a wonderful time planned for you. Simply wonderful. Over there is a part of the old city of London that they built for that factory picture, remember? They did? Well, it looks solid. Mm, yeah. Oh, just a minute. I think that's your old friend Bob Fennell over there, Janie. He's a big director, George. Want you to meet him. Oh, wait here. I'll be right back. It's amazing. Why, everyone smiles at you. Everyone seems to know you, Jane. I wouldn't have believed it. Mostly it's Dean. But they're looking at you, too. They're looking at you. Thanks, thanks a lot, boys, but no more pictures now. Miss Sanders is tired. Wow, that nearly blinded me. All those flashbulbs flashing. I'd think you'd be dizzy, Jane, just from watching them. I am, a little. Oh, you're tired. We've got to give you a chance to rest up a little bit. We've been hitting quite a pace. No one in Strawberry Point would have believed that our Jane was living like this. Dean, can we go to the car? I, I think I've had enough. Sure. Come on, George. Now we'll pick up your galoshes on the way out. And ever since I took over the lumber yard, I've been planning the house I'll one day build for Jane. With such nice music, shouldn't we be dancing? Well, let's hear some more about the house. Well, all right. Now, I've put aside the best lumber, picked out each timber myself. Same way with the hardware, the fixtures. And I found the most practical floor plan ever designed. This is going to be a substantial house. Be just as solid in 100 years as the day it's finished. Oh, it sounds fine. Just fine. I see that Jane has picked up a number of Hollywood notions, but she'll soon forget them in Strawberry Point. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. There may be less glitter to life back home, but it's solid. You know where you stand. Things don't vary from one day to the next. You were saying something about dancing, Janie? Oh, yes, I... I would like to. If you'll excuse us, George. Uh, why, sure. Sure, this isn't my style. You go right ahead. Come on, Janie. Well, are things working out for you the way you wanted? Exactly. 
Am I living up to my part? Oh, you've been wonderful. You've done much more than was needed. Well, I've liked doing it. You know, you've completely convinced poor George. He's certain that... <laughs> that you're infatuated with me. And to think there are directors who say that Dean Phillips can't act. Of course, I've... I've had excellent support. He'll be leaving tomorrow. For Oregon. Which means that he'll ask you the question tonight. Look, why don't you go back to the table now? I'll pretend to be saying something to the matron, Dean. Dean. Hmm? Uh, nothing. Just don't be too long. Well, I was hoping you'd come back alone, Jane. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been looking for a chance to say something since I got to Hollywood, but we've been so busy. Yes, we, we have. Now, Jane, I know that what I'm going to ask won't be easy for you to answer. It'll mean giving up the glamorous and exciting life you have here, but there are more important things, Jane. Like a husband who's steady, reliable, solid. (laughs) George, are you asking me to give up my life here and go back to Strawberry Point? Uh, Yes. You've proved to yourself, Jane, and to me that you could do things out here, big things if you wanted. Now, that's enough, isn't it? George. You could stay and be a big star, but I want you to come home to Strawberry Point. You're wrong, George. I couldn't stay here and be a big star. I couldn't be anything here except a second-rate manicurist. Jane, what are you saying? A manicurist? That's what I am. That's the only reason I know Dean Phillips or anyone else. I manicure their nails. Oh, but then... Well, why did you... Because I couldn't bear to think of you feeling sorry for me. Well, now, Jane, if I'd had any idea that... I was going to fool you, George. I was going to convince you that I had Hollywood at my feet. Then I was going to renounce it all and go back to Strawberry Point. Well, I... I must admit that I'm a little disappointed, Jane, that you should attempt to deceive me. But it needn't make any difference. I'm still prepared to forgive you. No thanks, George. Give my regards to Strawberry Point and tell them I won't be coming back. But what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. But I couldn't marry you, George. You've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. I've had three wonderful days, Marion. That's more than most people ever have. George has gone back to Strawberry Point. You've refused to answer Dean's calls, and now you've even quit your job at Henri's. I wouldn't want Dean to see me there ever again. I want him to remember me just the way I was for those three days. And so what are you going to live on? Memories? Oh, I'll get another job. Someplace where you won't find me. Come in again soon. Next? And no matter how nice you are to some people, they just seem to be naturally ungrateful. Dean. Well, aren't you going to ask me to sit down? How did you find me? A very smart young lady named Marion. She promised me... Oh, don't blame her. Blame me. I'm a very persistent type. I was determined that I wasn't going to let you run out of my life. Did did you want a manicure? (laughs) Of course. Can I have your left hand? With pleasure. 
Janie, why did you tell George? I had to. I couldn't go on lying to him. He deserves someone much better than me. Correction. He deserves someone different. And I couldn't have made him happy in Strawberry Point. And besides, you're in love with me. Now, careful. You can't do my nails if you won't hold your hand still. You are in love with me, aren't you? Oh, oh why did you come here? Because I'm in love with you. Because you... I was scared to death you'd say yes to George. I couldn't bear to think of you keeping track of his galoshes all the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, oh, Dean. Are you sure? I knew at the minute you admitted you couldn't act. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. You should have it. known. I'm not that good an actor. Now, let me have your left hand, please. My left hand? Well, hold it still. I can't put an engagement ring on your finger when it's trembling so. Oh, Dean, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. A beautiful ring for a beautiful girl. Or haven't you seen Gaylord Howell's column this morning? Howell's? No, I haven't seen it. Who, asks that eminent columnist, is the beautiful lady Dean Phillips has been squiring to all the local nighteries? And now, Janie, I can answer, Mr. Howells. You can? Of course, darling. Gaylord, I'll say. Gaylord, old chap, that was no lady. That was my wife. Every mother of a ten-year-old son develops a special talent a peculiar vocal ability to call back to the fold that busy boy whenever he's needed. About to exhibit her particular style of boy calling is Harriet Bruce, seeking her son Jimmy just prior to supper time. Jimmy! Jimmy! Yes? Time to get ready for supper. Okay. Hi. Where were... What in the world? How do you like it? Well, uh, what is it? Or, or who is it? I'm the Archduke Rupert. We were giving a play in the garage. I wrote it. Isn't that your dad's old tux or what's left of it? Sure. It was in the old clothes box in the garage. We needed costumes and I didn't think he'd care, Mom. Uh, Jim, your dad will be home soon. Uh, you scoot upstairs and get changed. But how do you like my Archduke's costume? It's uh, very clever and original. Uh, now, you hurry up and get ready for supper. I think I just heard your dad come in the driveway. Can I show it to him? Not now, dear. Uh, some other time. All right. But I bet you he'd like it. Harriet, would you please come out to the garage a moment? Yes, dear. I'll be right there. Oh, dear, the garage. I'll bet Jimmy left it in a mess. <laughs> Look, Harriet, look at this mess. I'm afraid Jimmy forgot to clean it up. He, he and some friends were uh, putting on a, a play. A play? Mm-hmm. Do they have to tear up the whole garage for some stupid play? Oh, Bob, they haven't torn up the garage. They were just using part of it for the stage in the place where you parked the car for the audience. It won't take a minute, minute to move these things, and I'll help you. That kid can go off on some of the weirdest tandems. Why isn't he outside playing ball or something? I don't want him to grow up to be a sissy. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Maybe he just wants to create. He's quite a sensitive little boy, you know. Well, I'm a sensitive big boy, and I don't like the way he's going. Oh, I didn't know you felt so strongly about it. I'm sorry, but I do. Yeah. Well, maybe I can get the car in the garage. Bob, uh, don't be too hasty about Jimmy. You, you know, you might really hurt him. 
this is kind of important to him right now. Well, that's just it. It's too important. I think it's gone too far without being checked. There's time for some of this stuff, sure, but but all the time it's... Certainly you're right, dear, but give him a little time. Try to understand. Okay, sensitive one. I can see where he gets most of this from. From his beautiful and talented mother. But he's a boy, Harriet. He's my boy. Healthy, strong, eager, and active. Or at least he's going to be, right? Yes, Bob. He will be, I'm sure. Well, Jim, how about it? Another helping? No, thanks, Dad. Hey, now. You're going to need more child than this to keep going on. Maybe he's saving some room for the dessert. How are things in school, Jimmy? Oh, about the same, I guess. Starting baseball about now, aren't they? Man, I can remember how I used to look forward to spring and baseball. What do they have, different teams for the different grades? I don't know, Dad. You you don't know? Well, I guess some of the boys did have baseball gloves today. May I get you another hot roll, Bob? No, 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 thanks. Look here. Uh, look, Jim, don't you go out on the playground at noon? Don't you play with other guys? No, sir. Then what do you do? There's going to be a school play... So some of us get together at lunchtime and practice. But don't you have time for that during school, Jimmy? Oh, sure. But we'd like to do it. Oh, I see. But uh, what about after school? Do they play ball over at the park? Or... Well, I guess so. But you don't. Well, that's when we put on our own plays out in the garage. I know, I know, out in the garage. Harriet, don't you think this has gone a little too far? I want to show you the play I wrote, Dad. Never mind that now. Now, Bob, wait. Uh, Harriet, I'm through waiting. Jimmy, now you listen to me. If you can't get in a few more activities, I don't think you'd better be in that play. In fact, that's a good idea. Tell your teacher you'll be sorry, but you can't be in the play. But, Dad! And I think you better stop using the garage for a theater. Now, get outside and get some exercise. Play ball or play anything. But I have to be in the play. I have the lead. I don't care if you do all the parts. I don't want you to be in it, and that's final. But, Daddy! Now, if you're going to cry, you can leave the table. But, Bob, I won't play ball. I don't want to play ball. Oh, Jimmy, Wait! Oh, Bob, now look what's happened. I have been looking at what's happened. And it's time we did something about it. Let's not be upset, Bob, you know. Well, here, have some pudding, dear. I think it's quite good, really. Mm, Yes, it is good. You'll like it. No, thanks. I don't want any pudding. You can see you're against me, too. Oh, now, Bob, dear, I'm not really against you. It's Oh, go ahead and eat your pudding. I'm going for a walk. I have things to think about. But, 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 Dad... Well, maybe I'm wrong now and then, but sometimes it certainly would be nice to have you listen to me. Or maybe even agree with me once in a while. Jimmy, are you in there? Yes. May I come in, dear? Your father's gone for a walk. Okay. I brought you some pudding. I'll put it here on your bureau. Thanks. Jimmy, you will have to see that your father only wants what's best for you. It isn't good for anyone to do too much of one thing. But it's what I want to do. You know we all should have enough exercise, especially boys with growing bodies. I'm not sick. (laughs) No, of course you're not. And we don't want you to be. But, Jimmy... Don't you get along with other boys? I mean, out on the ball field or or on the playground. They're all right. But I've never played ball very much. Would you like to have your dad help you learn how? Yeah, I guess so. Look, I'll talk to him. I'll bet if you promise to spend some time outside playing ball or something like that, he'll say it's okay for you to be in the play. Do you think so? Oh, sure he will. Now, here's what we'll do. Tomorrow is Saturday. Now, in the morning, you can do just what you want. 
told him that tomorrow morning he could do just what he wanted, and then in the afternoon he'd go over to the park and play ball. Oh? And he said he'd try to go out for this team at school. Well, that's all I want him to do is try. I know, dear. He could use a little help, though, you know. He really doesn't know much about baseball or sports. Well, I, I could give him a few lessons. Why don't you, Bob? I know it would help. Sure, I should have thought of that a long time ago. We'll work together at it. And he can be in the play if he does all these things? Well, yes, I guess so. But but I bet once he gets started, he'll want to play ball all the time. We'll make a regular guy out of him yet. What a surprise. Hello, Harriet. I just made some of my grandson's favorite cookies, so I thought I'd drop them by. Oh, wonderful. Come on in. Oh, I don't mind if I do. Here are the cookies, dear. You know, I don't want to tell on anyone, but your son, Bob, likes these cookies just about as much as your grandson, Jimmy. <laughs> in fact, Jimmy and I have to act quickly if we're going to get any at all. Well, I'm glad to know they're appreciated. Well, how are those two getting along? Well, um... Uh... Fine, I guess. You don't sound very sure. It's what I've mentioned to you before. Oh, yes. Jimmy's theatrical endeavors. Yes. We had sort of a crisis the other night. I think, though, I've effected a bit of a compromise. Jimmy's promised to try to work in more athletic activities, and Bob's agreed to let him be in the play if he does so. I hope it works. Oh, I'm sure you'll work out something, Harriet. You're all too nice people to have anything go wrong for very long. We'll see, I guess. Won't you sit down? Oh, thanks, Harriet, but I'm on the way to the market. We'll see you in church tomorrow. Oh, yes, sure. Father has something he wants to show Bob on his car. Maybe you and I can walk home together. Good, I'd love it. No, don't worry, dear. If this doesn't work, I can tell you a few things about that husband of yours that might put some light on this whole thing. I'm sure you can work it out, though. I hope so, Mother Bruce. <laughs> Hi, family. Uh, how's everyone? Hello, dear. Hi, Dad. Ah, uh, couldn't you wait lunch for me? I haven't eaten yet, so I'll join you. Jimmy wanted to have his lunch so he could get over to the park. They start playing ball at one. Good. Good for you, Jim. Yes, sir. Uh, Jimmy, I have a little present for you. For me? That's right. Here. Gosh, Dad, thanks. Maybe it's that big false beard I wanted. <laughs> That what? Uh, Jim, Jim, Jimmy's been wanting a, an actor's beard he saw at the novelty store, dear. I, I didn't mention it. Uh... <laughs> Believe me, this is no false beard. No, sir. A baseball glove. You bet, son. One of the best. And thanks, Dad. You can take it this afternoon, Jimmy. Yes, son. Oh, well, you better get going. Okay. See you later. Didn't seem very happy about the whole thing. Give him time, dear. All right, I will. Say, after lunch, Harriet, let's walk over to the park and see what's going on. Why, all right, let's. You, you know, just to kind of look around. Yes, Bob, just to kind of look around. Well, here we are, Bob. Well, Finney, where's Jimmy? I don't see him out on the playing field. Maybe his team's up to bat. No, no, he's not on the bench. I... Wait, up there in the bleachers. Isn't that Jim just sitting there? Yes, it is. Well, come on, let's see what's wrong. 
Hey, Jimmy, what are you doing here? Hello, Dad. Mom. Hello, Jimmy. Well, how come you're not playing? I guess it's because I don't know how. But you've got a new myth. Oh, that doesn't make me a good player. Nobody wants me on their side. Oh, Jimmy, I'm so sorry. Uh, come on, son. We'll just teach you a few things. Now, son, we're over here out of the way. You, you stand over there, Jimmy. Over here? That's it. Now, here. Here comes an easy one. Oh, I missed it. Well, throw it back. Look at the way he throws, Harriet. It's worse than I thought. You see, you'll just have to teach him. Oh, you're so right. Now, look, Jim. Don't put the palms of your hands together and spread your fingers. Make sort of a cup of your hands. That, that's it, boy. And, and let the ball go into the glove hand first and then cover it with the other. Now, here he comes. Good boy, Jimmy. Ah, that's better. Now toss it back. Oh, brother, where did he ever learn the throw? Here it comes again, Jim, a higher one. Careful, Bob. Yeah, he'll get it. Oh, oh Bob, it hit him right in the nose. Oh, that won't hurt him. Oh, come on, he's hurt, Bob. <laughs> Well, how's the patient? Much better. He did have quite a nosebleed, though. Oh, but that's all part of the game, Harry. But the game's all new to him, dear. Oh, I suppose. But where is he now? He went outside about a half hour ago. Where did he go? I uh, <clears throat> think he went out to the garage. Out in the garage? He was feeling so miserable, Bob. I said he could go out and play if he wanted to. Well, let's just go out and see what kind of a game he's up to. <laughs> Jimmy, are you in here? Yes, sir. Come on over here. I want to talk to you. Mother said I could come out here. Yes, I know. But, but what about our little... Oh, no. Jimmy, you shouldn't have. Oh, I don't care. This is what I want to do. What are you doing in those funny clothes? Ma, please. Please, my foot. This is just about does it for me. He'd rather walk around like a ham than get out and play ball. So he's your son. You can figure out what to do with him. Wait, Bob, you don't understand. I always enjoy these walks home from church with you, Mother Bruce. Gives me a chance to talk and kind of relax. From what you've been telling me, you haven't had much relaxation at all lately. No, I'm afraid not. It's been miserable. Absolutely miserable. Oh, it is hard when those you love are unhappy. It's not that both of them haven't tried. It just won't work, I guess. Harriet, did you know that Bob used to write quite a bit? Write? Yes. Plays, poetry, and prose. A little of everything. No. Yeah, he was pretty good, too, really. He never tried to do anything with them, but he seemed to enjoy it. Then he... He tried to forget it. Bury it. Seems he succeeded. Well, why would he try to bury it? Oddly enough, it was his father who seemed to make him ashamed of it. Well, I know maybe not as violently as Bob is trying to do right now, but he was an influence anyway. But why, Mother Bruce? Well, that's why... That's what I've always wondered. I... I finally decided it was because of the business. Bob's father felt desperate that his son must take over the business. Well, he did. Now, since Bob has taken over, Dad has been able to retire. Yet all this, from both sides, is still in Bob. Yes. 
I can remember the scrapbooks Bob had. He kept all his work in them. He was very proud of them, at least to himself and occasionally to me. So that's what those are. He still has them? Yes, they're in a trunk. I don't think he's looked at them for years. Perhaps he should. Oh, well, I don't... Yes, Mother Bruce? Perhaps he should. Jimmy? In here, Mom. What are you doing, dear? Just thinking, Mom. Just thinking. It must be very serious thoughts. Sort of. Jimmy, I know you're a little confused, but I think I can help. You know, I read something last night I want you to think about, dear. It was all about some famous men, famous for several things. Why, one was a fine writer who used to be a great fisherman. And then there was a boxing champion who could dance, dance with the best of them. There was an all-American football player with a magnificent voice. And there was a heavyweight champion who knew all about Shakespeare. Ball players who were lawyers and doctors as well. And Jimmy, many actors are wonderful swordsmen, riders, and athletes. They have to be to all, do all different kinds of parts. You think about these men, will you, dear? Yes, Mom. I will. Good boy. I think you'll see what I mean. Looking all over the. What do you got there? Oh, I was just looking at some old things in these trunks. Uh, some of your things here. Yeah, I see. Oh, Bob, these poems are beautiful. <laughs> I was rather young then. Well, I thought I was the artistic side of the family. Oh, they aren't much, just some things I felt I had to say, if only to myself. I guess we all have things inside us that have to come out, one way or another. Oh, I guess so, but... Hey, let me see those, huh? Mm-hmm, certainly. Uh, I uh, think I'll go down and start dinner. All right, honey, I'll be right down real soon. Yes, dear. Take your time. Have you seen Jimmy or Bob? Why, no, dear, not since this morning at church. Well, they were both here after church, and now they've both disappeared. That's strange. I left Jimmy in his room, and now he's gone, and I left Bob in the attic, and now he's gone. In the attic? Yes, uh, he was looking at some of his old things in a trunk. Oh. Well, don't worry, dear. I'm sure they're both all right. I'll call you if they show up here. All right, Mother Bruce, and thank you. I'll call again if I can't find them. Bye. Oh, you'll find them, I know. Goodbye, dear. Jimmy? Bob? Yes, dear. Yeah, I'm back. Where on earth have you been? Everybody's disappeared around here. Well, I've been thinking upstairs, and, and, and then I went for a walk. A walk? Yes, Harriet. I was wrong. I see that now. Oh, but not that wrong, dear. Uh, but mostly. I, I think I can help Jimmy now. I'm sure you can. What's in the box? A little gift for Jimmy. It's... Well, it's that set of whiskers you want. Bob. Oh, Bob, he'll love it. 
Oh, I, I just remembered. I don't know where Jimmy is. He's been gone for a couple of hours, even before you left. Is he out in the garage? No, I've looked everywhere. Even phoned your folks. Well, we'd better get busy and find him. I hope he hasn't gotten any crazy ideas about running away. Oh, Bob, you don't think he'd do that. Well, maybe that's Jimmy now. Hey, where is everybody? In here, Jim. When do we eat? Boy, I'm starved. Jimmy, Jimmy, what's happened to you? Hmm? What do you mean? Your clothes, boy, they're kind of messed up, and, and you look at your face. Your face is all scratched and dirty. Oh, honey, what happened? Did you fall or something, Jimmy? No, I just slid home. I stretched a three-bagger into a homer. Stretched a three-bag? Oh, Jimmy, you've been playing ball. Sure, Dad. And the new meat is great. I went over to the park and told those guys that the only way I could get good enough to play with them was to start playing. And you did? Sure. I just pretended I was an actor playing a part. Like Burt Lancaster played Jim Thorpe. Or Gary Cooper played Lou Gehrig. That's it, Dad. That's all there was to it. Except I sort of forgot about playing a part because I got too interested in the game. Especially when I slid in safe at home. Oh, Jimmy, that's wonderful. Jim, I got this for you. With your face in that condition, I think you'll need it to cover it up. Gee whiz, the uh, beard. You know, and I can show you a few tricks, too, Jimmy. I was uh, in a few shows at college, and I was pretty good at makeup. Oh, gee, that's swell, Dad. Oh, no. What's the matter, dear? Are you all right, Mom? Yes, I guess so, but I don't know if I'll be able to survive. Two hams in the family. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, We will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.